Uh, girl, I want you and the listeners to fear not about me talking about whether or not this monster man is attractive. I've taught you well. Uh, there is a hot guy in this, though. We'll get there. There is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll remember when we get there. God, you know, I'd quote that thing you do, but I can't because you haven't seen it. <laughs> you monster. Speaking of monsters. <laughs> Before we get to the episode, just a reminder, uh, if you want more Jillian and me in your life, if you're looking for a little bit more laughter, girl, mm-hmm. uh, head on over to the Patreon. We're in the middle of the Tiger King, you guys. We're in Tiger King episode four. It is bonkers bananas. It's exactly what everybody said it was going to be. Yeah, not a fan. Not not great, <laughs> guys. Don't, don't like it. However, I am a fan of our coverage. Our last episode had me laughing so hard when I was editing it. I don't even know what came over me. But you guys, the Patreons are also where we do the series you want us to cover. So it's our episode by episode, Making a Murderer, The Jinx, Lorena... The Staircase. OJ, Aaron Hernandez, Don't F with Cats, Serial mm-hmm. Season 1. It's everything. I mean, it's everything. And then we ha- we also have fun stuff for you. We have after parties. We're, yeah. uh, we're just hanging out. There's a lot going on there. Arguably, the episodes are fun, though, yes? Oh, t- oh <laughs> super fun. <laughs> but yeah, you can also get ad-free versions of these episodes. There's so much to check out on the Patreon. You know about that. Just go to patreon.com slash truecrimeobsessed or head on over to our website, click on the Patreon link. That's it. I don't, I don't really have anything else to tell the people about. I think that's it. Stay inside, wear a goddamn mask, and let's do this. Yeah. I mean, I, it's Chris Watts. I hate this guy. Are we doing it or what? I showed up to work. I don't know what you guys are doing. I'm here to work. Let's All go. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, girl, what are we talking about today? We're talking about the Chris Watts case, but it's the ID special on it called Family Man, Family Murder. The disappearance of a pregnant Frederick woman and her two children has captured the nation's attention. It's the gut-wrenching tragedy that's grabbing all the headlines. Shanann was this loving mother with her two kids and her husband, and things went completely south. The family of Chris Watts is nowhere to be found. Shannon, Bella, Celeste, if you're out there, just, just, just come back. The right words seemed to be coming out of his mouth, but the way he was saying it struck everyone as particularly cold. Chris Watts harbored secrets he thought no one would ever know about. In this one-hour special report, we'll take you deep inside this horrifying investigation. Where about Shannon and the girls? Are they in How in the world can you do that to your own kids? Explore the transformation from family man to monster. And I woke up that morning, I was going to happen, and I had no control. This is a dichotomy of personalities here. Who is the real Chris Watts? You know what? It's real good, you guys. I actually, I just wanted to say, like, I'll get us started today because it opens with a, like a voiceover of sh- how do we say her name? Okay, we got to address this okay. at the top. <laughs> Chris Watts' wife's name is, I can't say it. So her name is Shanann. Shanann. Everyone calls her Shanann. Chris Watts calls her Shanann. All the reporters, your your best friend Diane Diamond says (laughs) Shanann. But at the very end, we hear from her dad, Mm -hmm. who does like a victim impact statement, and he calls her Shannon. Life will never be the same without Shannon, Bella, and Celeste and Nico. They were taken by a heartless one. This is the heartless one, the evil monster. Who dare you take the lives of my daughter Shannon, Bella, Celeste, and Nico? 
It's not spelled like Shannon, right? But everyone else says Shannon, so I even wrote it not like Shannon because I was like brain ADHD brain. You're gonna say <laughs> you have to write it phonetically, so I'm gonna go with Shannon because that's what it's weird because it's what everyone calls her. But then it's like, wouldn't you want to go with what the dad called her? I, I don't. Know. I'm not. I want to pay my respects to her in the proper way. Help. What do I do? I don't, well, the, and I also wrote it. I was like S H A N N A N A N N E E N N A. Like I, it was it was all over the place. I mean, I fucking hate Chris Watts, but her husband says Shannon and her best right. friend says Shannon. Maybe we just misheard her dad. Could that be a possibility? <laughs> I mean it. Could it be? No. He said Shannon. I watched it twice. And I made special note of like, yeah, he definitely said Shannon. Shit. Because I, I rewatched it this morning and I was like, nope, he one zillion percent says Shannon. So. So we get this voiceover right at the top of Shannon talking about her husband and her life and all of this. And I was like, oh, OK, well, this is definitely an actress. And then you later realize, no, that shit is actually her. I got a friend request from Chris. <laughs> I was in a really, really, really bad place. And I got a friend request from Chris on Facebook. And I was like, oh, what the heck? I'm never going to meet him. Eight years later, we have two kids. We live in Colorado. And he's the best thing that has ever happened to me. It's from a Facebook post. And like, I just wanted to start off by saying this documentary has insane access. We have 911 calls, body cam videos, surveillance video from the Watts family house and the next door neighbor. There's drone shit. There's Facebook videos. Girl, there's a lot. All right. So get us started then. What happens next? Well, the captions very accurately say ominous music. And it's August 13th, 2018 in Frederick, Colorado. Yeah, we meet this woman, Nicole Atkinson. I kind of love Nicole. Nicole is you. Nicole is you one zillion percent. (laughs) I was just going to say, Nicole and I have very similar energy because she hasn't heard from her best friend in five minutes and she is losing her fucking mind about it. Nicole's like, oh, sweetheart, Patrick, you go to 100, hold my beer. I'm going to a zillion. But you know what? Nicole's on the right side of history here. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah. And I'm obsessed. She does everything right. So Nicole is Shanann's best friend. And they've been on a business trip. We'll get to that in a minute. Nicole dropped Shanann off at like two in the morning, like, you know, six hours ago. Shanann is pregnant. And her best friend, Nicole, knows that she's got a doctor's appointment this morning and she hadn't been feeling good on the trip they were just on. So like Nicole is like me calling every five seconds to see how she's doing. And Shanann is not answering the phone. She's not returning text messages. And Nicole's spidey sense are a tingling. Nicole was texting, she was calling. She got no response. She thought that was very unusual and odd. She had some immediate concerns that things weren't right. So can we just talk about this trip real quick? We got to yes. talk about the elephant in the room. Shanann yeah. was part of an MLM. Yeah, <laughs> she absolutely was. There's no getting around it. And this is another thing where it's like, you guys, how do we say this thing? Some people say Lavelle. Some people say right. level. <laughs> the internet says it's a goddamn MLM and you should stay away from it. And also, fun fact, I always think I'm saying MLM wrong. I always think I'm inverting it. Right. I always think I'm saying LMNOP. Like, I don't know what I'm saying. But I always, I always like hesitate and I'm like MLM. Yes. Okay. It's bad. Level. It's a nutrition wellness company. She sold supplements, patches and shakes that are supposed to make you healthier, feel better, have more energy. The thing about it is that Nicole and Shannon, they work at this MLM together and they were just on this trip in Arizona like yesterday. How do these MLMs have the money to take all these people on all these? Remember we did the Herbalife episode and they were always going to like conventions in Maui and shit? Right. Yeah. I don't think this was something that Lavelle slash Thrive, it's also called Thrive, paid for. I think you go 
to say this is a great networking opportunity. I think they kind of make it seem like, sweetheart, it'll be in your best interest right. to shell out all the money and come to Arizona. Uh-huh. Like, I don't think these companies are doing anything more than they absolutely have to. So this is where they've been. And we are being told this by the great Diane Diamond. Your best friend in the world, Diane Diamond. <laughs> She's been with us in other documentaries. She was the host of A Current Affair, like, in the 80s. That's like, what I know her <laughs> Always, every time. No, we have to talk about where Diane Diamond is coming to us from. Diane Diamond is sitting in a chair. She's basically our narrator for this whole episode. She is giving this story to the camera, but if you look beyond where she's sitting, it is in this enormous, like, bedroom that is empty except for like a couch and one pillow that is off in the corner. I have in my notes, it looks like she broke into some realtor's open house with her crew. Where are they, Jillian? It either to me looks like the third floor of a house in a Colorado, in a Utah, in an Arizona. It looks like the third floor like loft of a house in one of those areas or like a gigantic lobby. I'm not sure. I go back and forth. It's very bizarre. But Diane Diamond tells us some key things here. So one, Shanann Watts is a very bubbly, outgoing person. But on this particular business trip, her coworkers noticed that she seemed really tired. She didn't want to eat anything. She just seemed to lack her usual energy. She had lupus, which makes you exhausted and sounds goddamn horrible, according to Diane Diamond. And also Google. Lupus sucks. And I have a friend who has lupus and she would concur. Yeah. So Shanann is 15 weeks pregnant with a baby boy that she has already named Nico. And they already have Bella, who's four years old, and Cece, who's three years old. Yeah. And so as we said, so Nicole drops Shanann off at like two in the morning on the way home from their business trip. You guys, we see the fucking Watts family security video of Shanann like coming in the front door. This is just the beginning, you guys. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it's so not my life to have like a doorbell camera and like home security. And this looks like a pretty fancy like development. It looks like a place where there might be security cameras like on the road on the maybe little entrance Uh to this little development. But they like got that footage, girl. And you see her coming in. It's unbelievable and heartbreaking. So Nicole's at a million. Yeah. And the thing is, she's just, you know, she's like, hey, girl, she texts her. She's like, hey, girl, like, how was your prenatal doctor appointment? And I don't know how long she didn't get a response for. But if I 24 seconds, because I know you. Right. And you're 100. And Nicole is a zillion. And again, on the right side of history, this is no shade to Nicole at all. Nicole did the absolute right thing, whether she knew it or not. God bless her. Right. And so Nicole is like, nope, haven't gotten a response yet. Don't see the little ellipsis. That's fucking weird. Absolutely not. So she drives to the house. She's just like, enough. It's 830 in the morning. She's like, I'm going into the house. Nicole Atkinson gets nervous and worried about her friend and goes by the house to check on her and notices that no one's answering the door. Shanann's car is still in the garage and she just can't get in the house. Nicole's at a gazillion billion calls Chris Watts, which I have to say is weird where you're like, no one's home. She was supposed to have a prenatal appointment. She's on top of this. This is her third kid and her car's in the garage. What the F? And you know what? Again, like you guys, it's okay to listen to your instincts. Like if your instincts are wrong, the worst that's going to happen is that like your friend's douchey husband's going to be annoyed that you called him at work. Fuck that guy. Who cares? Fuck that guy. And let me tell you, this is not Nicole's first rodeo. She's been that uh, the annoying friend. Nicole's at a zillion again. And Nicole rightfully has said, bitch, one day I'm going to be right. And today she was. So Nicole, you win. Okay. Congratulations. One million percent. And so Chris Watts answers his phone and is annoyed. He told Nicole that Shanann just had gone somewhere with the girls and not to be alarmed. Nicole says, wait a minute. Something's very wrong. I think I should call the police. He tells her, just wait. 
I'll be right home. And he's like, well, her car is there, you say? She's out with a friend. She's out. Okay. Yeah. Nicole's like, yes, bitch. And I'm calling 911 about it. And Chris is like, no, girl, I'll be right there. Nicole's like, okay, I'll see you in a minute. Hangs up with Chris Watts, fucking calls 911. Yeah. Hits the emergency (laughs) thing on her phone. Good for her. (laughs) We hear that 911 call. Guess what? Did you think we wouldn't? Oh, this is this documentary is crazy. My name's Nicole, and I'm calling because I'm concerned about a friend of mine. She's not answering the door. She's not responding to text messages, phone calls, and there's no movement in the house whatsoever. Nicole drops Shanann off at 1.48 a.m. By 1.42 p.m., she has Officer Scott Coonrod doing a wellness check. Not 12 hours later. Nicole, good for you. That is the kind of friend you need in your life, you guys. Let me tell you. And so this cop shows up. You guys, we get the body cam. We get the body cam of this cop showing up and seeing Nicole. The guy's not even out of the car. And she's like, how you guys doing? Hi. Here, Nicole? Yes. What's going on? So I called, I texted. Her car's in the garage. Her shoes she wears every single day are right in the front door. She asked her there's not a girl that went on a play date, but they're foreign too. She went on a play date. Why wouldn't she take in a car? They're both in car her car is here. Her car seats are here. The shoes she wears all the time are here. Like five, six, seven, eight, break the door down, bitch. Nicole is the star of her own musical called Something Is Wrong. Right. Written by, produced by, <laughs> composed by, orchestrations by Nicole. <laughs> And so the cop is like, I have hollering. He's hollering into the house like, Shannon, are you home? Police department, if anyone's inside, make yourself known. And Nicole's like, bitch, if you think I didn't already do that. Right. <laughs> like, I haven't been pounding on every which surface I could. And also, like, the officer's just doing his job because Nicole's at a zillion. Exactly. And so then Chris Watts shows up. And again, we see it on the body cam. He lets them in to the house. Oh, my God. So uh, once again, I'm just going to remind everybody that everybody who does horrible shit is really fucking bad at it. He's like, you're a cop? Come right on in. Look, I'm not defending. I hate this person. But uh, what was he supposed right. to do? He already told. <laughs> Nicole, don't call the cops. She's, quote, out. He just thinks, I'll let him in. Like, he's just not thinking about it. So they let him in. You guys, it's textbook. We've covered this 800 zillion times. They find all the things you never leave your house without. The keys, the wallet, the phone, the purse, the medicine, the Apple Watch, the suitcase still packed from the night before. Nicole wastes no time ripping that purse open to see if the medicine is in there. This is her purse? That's her purse. It's her medication. She takes these, uh, her medication's still in here. And she goes, the meds are still there. I mean, and she does this move where she goes, do you see what I'm saying? That's like what, what the move is. And I'm like, Nicole, girl, you guys are tight. And like, she's just like, look, oh my God, they're right there. And the thing is like, she's so right every step of the I way. Know. And we're getting this from a body cam. I can't believe it. It's unreal. So then the cop is like, let's, let's take a look around. Everything that the cops didn't do in the Jeffrey Dahmer episode, this one cop is nailing. Right. He's like, let's take a, wa- a cruise around your house. They go up to the bedroom and the cop is like, huh, curious. The bed is stripped. Right. And there's like piles of sheets on the floor and the fitted sheet is missing, which the fitted sheet, if I may. Yeah. <laughs> is a menace to society. I just feel like, is there a way to do the fitted sheet better? Like, must it be the way it is? Does it have to be the most like, what am I, you can't fold it. You can't put it on. You can't, No. I get the point of it. I get that you want something on top of the mattress, but can't there be a better way? We can put a guy on the goddamn moon and we're still wrestling with this goddamn fitted sheet. Can someone, can some woman finally solve this problem for us because women are geniuses? Like, please. You know, Steve Tipton can fold a fitted sheet like nobody's business. Steve, get out of here. Sit down. I'm not talking about you. I know. 
right now. Steve, of course. He, he He's like, well, the trick is, Steve, I don't need you in your trick. The point is that you shouldn't be, have to be a Ms. Steve Tipton to fold a fitted sheet. I just want to be able, uh, it's uh, enough with the fitted sheet. However, we do need them. We do need the fitted sheets. I'm saying, I agree. Yeah. I need something on top of the mattress, but I just think there's got to be a better way. Like, there's got to be a better way. They're just like, there must be a better way. I'm dying on this hill. I'm dying on the hill. I will, I will not, I will not let go of the annoyance of the fitted sheet. And I know it's like, what a hot take. Like, everyone is annoyed by the fitted sheet. Like, I know it's a very safe position to have, but I feel very strongly. So then fucking Chris Watts emerges from like the bathroom or whatever, holding a ring up. Like, it's evidence that he didn't murder his wife or something. There was no note or anything by the wedding ring? When all is said and done, police realize what has been left behind important items. So they need to get more information from Chris. He's like, look what I found on the nightstand. And they're like, well, that's also weird. Yeah, Thanks. Right, exactly. Like, he wants it to be some sort of evidence. And all it does is, like, make the cop have a million questions. So now we're in their enormous walk-in closet where we see... Thank you. I wrote that, too. I said, <laughs> okay, girl, I see that closet. I mean, it's a gigantic walk-in closet. But the thing about it, at least the angle that we're seeing it from, we're seeing all of his clothes. You know that Chris Watts is the kind of guy who wears the same shirt every day. He wears those, like, lacrosse shirts. Shorts and yes. like a red shirt with like a team name on it. Yep, and it's the same one. And you look behind him, he's got like 89 shirts hanging in the closet. He can't even reach them. He's never worn those shirts, not one time. And you think he hung them up? Please. Right. <laughs> Give me a break. So he's standing there with all like six gym bags. Girl, how many gym bags does a person need, honestly? So as he's talking to the cops, again, on the body cam, I will it's never get over it. Unreal. He's like, she was uh, going to... A friend's house. Totally a friend's house. It doesn't mention the prenatal doctor appointment that Nicole knew about, the time, place, location. I'm surprised she didn't go straight to the doctor's office, if yeah. I'm being honest about it. And he's like... The last time I talked to her was this morning. She said she's going to take the kids to a friend's house, and she asked where she was going to be. And then I texted her today and never heard anything. But cars, cars, cars right. here. But somebody came and picked her up. But the people that I know... I texted her and I didn't hear anything, but her car's still there. So I guess maybe someone came to pick her up. Like as he's talking, he's trying to figure out what lie to tell yeah. in the moment. Because remember, they found her purse, her phone, her watch. Her car is still in the garage. Like she didn't go anywhere, girl. Yeah. And you didn't hear anything back from her because when you texted her, her phone was on the kitchen counter or wherever it was. It's a lie spiral that he can't talk himself out of. And you can hear the cop just being like, uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Like the cop just does not fucking believe this guy. He's already just like, I'm standing in front of a murderer and God, the paperwork. Uh, <laughs> the paperwork. Oh, I bet that is a lot of paperwork. Oh my God. Totally. But you know, small price to pay for, you know, like justice. Right. right it's fine. Totally. File the goddamn paper. <laughs> and if you do it wrong, Susan Simpson will find you. <laughs> So do it right. So now we like segue into like a little bit of like their backstory. And we learn that like Shanann is like the oldest of two kids. I just wrote down Shanann's the older sister and her younger brother's super hot. Great. Oh, that's the hot guy. Great. He's he, that's a lot. There's another one. There's one other hot guy. We're not there yet. Two hot guys. And neither of them are the murderer. <laughs> a plus gold star for you. <laughs> Good job, me. So then we're back in the front yard. Enter neighbor Nathan. Neighbor Nathan, because he sees the commotion. He sees the cops. He sees Nicole running around with her fucking hair on fire the way I would be. Nathan's like... Absolutely. Nathan's like, girl, I might have some, some stuff that could help you out. Nathan explains that he has household surveillance cameras on the outside of his house. 
that face toward the direction of the Watts home, and they record 24-7. Uh, girl, I have 24-7 surveillance at my house. One of the cameras points directly at the Watts' house. You guys want to come over and take a look at it or what? He says this in front of Chris Watts, and it's the same kind of security footage that we, like, we see Shanann come home. It's that kind of footage. It's just footage all yeah. over the house. And so he says this in front of Chris Watts, and the cops are like, yup, and they go. And we got it all on body cam, so we can see Chris's reaction to this. And so I'm thinking, first of all, Chris must be losing his shit, but you have to play it cool and also like i kind of can't believe that they let him watch the footage but i guess it's fine i just don't know like what protocol is at this stuff again not a cop not a mother but the idea that like they were just like yeah sure nathan the neighbor like it's just weird that like the husband is so obviously a suspect because all of her stuff is like it just doesn't make sense but they're like yeah chris come watch this it also feels like it's happening really fast like they were just inside the house five seconds ago she's been missing 10 hours right and like nicole's only been there 30 minutes like this whole thing is happening very very fast so they all walk over to nathan the neighbor's house you guys we watch them walk into his house on the body cam camera then we get to actually see the security of video that he shot from the body cam camera like we are seeing all it's unbelievable how much we are seeing law enforcement goes over to the neighbor's house he has the video pulled up on the tv screen this is him at 517 they're all watching this video at the same time and what that video surveillance showed was at about 5.45 in the morning, 5.30 to 5.45, it shows Chris backing his work truck into his driveway. I'm going to paint a picture. Please. We get the body cam. So imagine you're the cop, right? Yeah. And then you have the body cam on your chest. Yeah. The view of the body cam is Nathan the neighbor's television. Nathan the neighbor is on one side. Chris Watts is on the other. So our view, as if you're watching it on TV, is the view of the television, Chris Watts, and Nathan the neighbor. And on the television is the security video that Nathan the neighbor is presenting to the cop. And what we're seeing is at 5.45 a.m., the video shows Chris goddamn fucking piece of shit Watts backing his work truck into the driveway and yeah. we, we didn't mention this but Chris works in like the oil fields He wor- he's like an oiler what do they call that yeah <laughs> He works with the oil. He's a tin man. Yeah, he's always <laughs> he's always going to like oil sites and this work truck. Like he's going all hours of the day and night to these oil sites or whatever. Yeah. And what we see is that the, the truck backs into the garage so that the actual bed of the truck, like where he would be putting stuff, you actually can't see on the video. But we, what I can see is Chris Watts fidgeting like right. all get out. And he's not even really watching the video. You would think, right? Like if you didn't do it, you would right. be saying like, oh my God, my eyes are glued to the screen where is my family like what is going on he's like on his phone he's not really watching it and then suddenly he becomes ms chatterbox talking about the truck i got issues the other other week when people were were stealing stuff out of like garages and stuff like that and i have park control i have your park right here yeah loading my stuff up my coolers my water jugs my book bag my computers Loading up water jugs and coolers. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's just word salad. The cops actually call him chatty. They're like, he got real chatty with the detective. Chatterbox. So then the other most amazing part of all of this is that when they're leaving, like Chris Watts, like the cop is basically like, okay, thanks. And Chris Watts goes to like walk out the door and Nathan, the neighbor, like grabs the cop and he's like, girl, girl, I got to talk to you, girl. He's like, shh, girl, girl, girl. But then you see Chris Watts like stop at the door like, oh my God, what's going on here? And the cop is like, you can go, girl. Get out of here, girl. You're dismissed. That'll be all. Yeah. Goodbye. And so Nathan, the neighbor, says to the cop like he is acting real fucking weird, girl. You just want to go talk to him. I'm going to get his info real quick. In essence, what the neighbor says to law enforcement is there's something wrong here. 
Red flags are going up in the neighbor's mind. That's that's a very unusual way for him to act. And he's like, he doesn't fidget. He goes, he's this rocking stuff. Like, he doesn't rock back and forth. He's not acting right at all. And Nathan's like, girl, this is crazy. Look into him, right? Right? The husband. But, like, Nathan's also looking at the door. Like, you can see that Nate is also scared. Like, this guy is probably a murderer. And now you're the one who's, like, fucking ratting him out. And the fact that, like, we don't have to see this in a reenactment. We are seeing it. Like, it's unbelievable. And I'm sure Nathan thought, well, I'll just tell the cops I have this footage. There's no way they're going to bring Chris Watts with them, right? <laughs> Right. <laughs> into my home watching me like tattle and also you're not tattling right. when the guy's a murderer tattle your right. face off yeah. tell exactly you know who's gonna say you know you should tell on that person Nicole right <laughs> Nicole tells her kids it's okay to tattle so basically the cops are like there's some shit up here like this is not normal so we're gonna start looking into their background we're gonna start talking to their friends whatever the friends despite the fact that Shanann worked really hard to like paint a really rosy picture of their family on social media the friends are like girl it wasn't good and and so we learned that in July of 2018, which, by the way, feels like yesterday. Like, yesterday. It feels so recent, this story. We could go outside in July of 2018. I know. What is outside, girl? I don't remember, little one. <laughs> <laughs> so... We learned that in July 2018, Shanann goes to North Carolina for five weeks. In July 2018, she goes back to North Carolina with the girls for five weeks. Chris doesn't go. And then Chris starts acting strangely. Text messages reveal that Chris has told her he's not too happy about having a third child. Two children were enough. And while she's there, apparently there are text messages that were recovered from the FBI or whoever. Text messages show us that, like, suddenly, Chris is really not thrilled about this third baby they're about to have. Right, and Shanann is telling someone, probably Nicole or a friend of hers, just saying, yeah. like, look, he's acting weird, and he's telling me that, like, he's not happy about the baby. He's happy with the life we have now, and he's, like, not thrilled that there's a third one on the way. So now we're back to the Arizona trip because what, what we're doing now is we're just like giving examples of like how their marriage wasn't good. So the Arizona trip that Shanann and Nicole went on like the day before Shanann went missing. With the MLM. With the MLM. While they were out to dinner, definitely not being paid for by the company. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Shanann gets an alert on her phone about like a credit card purchase and she sees that it's like a restaurant purchase and immediately is like, that's way too much money to have been a meal for one person. And now immediately Shanann is Nicole and me she's at 100 like he's cheating on me he's on a date with somebody else and he just paid for her fucking dinner right and here's the thing Shanann is right on this yes she's she's totally right but my thing is and I want to say this in the right way when you get an alert like that and your initial response is to go to 100 and say they're cheating on me your marriage isn't great so right. and, th and that's not it's no shade to anyone it's just like yes. just it, that's it makes me feel so sad on another level that like she gets this alert and she's not like me who'd be like Mike and Ted had a nice night at the bar I guess <laughs> seven o'clock I'm getting alerts how, how much Lagavulin did the, those two fellas have but go to a hundred and to say the other side of that is holding up my phone to you and be like girl what did I tell you he's cheating I know he is that is just very indicative of what your relationship is can I ask you one other thing sure so Shanann's on a work trip right she didn't take the kids with her we learn later that Shanann is right he is on a date and he is paying for this other person's dinner who's with the children girl not a mother that did not occur to me at all shit yeah, she's on a work trip for two days, maybe. It's probably an overnight. Maybe it's two days max. He can't stay home with the kids for one or two fucking nights without going out on a date with some other woman. And they're three and four. Oh my God, this is so yeah. Mad Men, remember? <laughs> yeah. When Sally cuts her hair and Betty's totally, like, totally, who'd you totally. leave her with? <laughs> 
But they're three and four. Like, who did he leave them with? It's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. God damn it. I know. Shit, that I know. sucks. So it's 24 hours since Shanann went missing. They bring in, like, cadaver dogs to the house because they're looking for, like, actual forensic evidence. You guys, ding, 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 they find it. They find a bed sheet, like, crumpled up and thrown away in the garbage in the kitchen. They start really searching through this house for forensic evidence. And somebody finds in the kitchen trash can a balled up bed sheet. This is the sheet from the master bedroom. This really made police even more suspicious. So this sheet that they find in the garbage is like the sheet from the bed. Like basically like what this tells them is that he's trying to like destroy evidence. Except this fucking idiot isn't trying to destroy evidence. He throws it away in the garbage can in his own house. Like everyone who does shit like this is so bad at it. But then, oh wait, I think I know who the other hot guy is. Yeah, we're here. Oh good, okay, all right. Yes, I, I love him too. Thomas the reporter, okay, great. My name's Thomas Hoppo. I'm a reporter for Denver 7 and I cover the story since day one. If there's one video of Chris Watts that you have seen, it's the one that this guy shot. So back when this story first broke, like national news, it was because this, this guy's wife was missing and like he was kind of a suspect. And this reporter, who we now know is this hot guy, Thomas Hoppo, goes to his house and he tells us the story that he's like there to interview Chris's friend, Nick. So when we got to Frederick, Chris Watts was on the front porch, but I was supposed to only speak with his friend, Nick. Nick told me, well, Chris is here. He's willing to do an interview with you. And Nick is like, well, actually, Chris is like really willing to give you an interview. So Thomas, the reporter is like, great. So this is like the video that I know the best. This is the one that I remember where he's like on the porch and like Chris Watts is being so disingenuous and it's like there's no emotion behind what he is saying at all. Do you think she just took off? Do you think? I, I mean, right now, I don't even want to just like throw anything out there like, I hope that she's somewhere safe right now and with the kids. Yeah, it's like he Googled, what do you say when your wife and kids are missing? And then yeah. he said that in this robotic, I mean, dead eyes, like there's no, there's nothing there. But so we see we see Thomas saying, you know, do you think she just took off? And he's like, I hope that she's somewhere safe with the kids. I hope everything's right. fine. And yeah. Thomas, we would be great friends with Thomas because Thomas says yeah. everything that like a lot of these reporters and journalists don't say. But he's like, at some point I had to ask, were you involved somehow without asking that directly. And so the question that I came up with as I'm doing this interview was, you know, did you guys get into an argument? And he actually answered the question, which was fairly shocking. I got to find a way to ask him if he's involved without saying, girl, are you involved? Like, I got to get the tea somehow, right? Like, uh -huh. so, and he's like, I love that he's sort of like strategizing with us just because I think that's a very real side of journalists that we rarely see in these documentaries. Totally. Or these shows or whatever. And so he's like, so I just asked, did you guys get in a fight? It wasn't, it wasn't like an argument. We had an emotional conversation, but I'll leave it at that. Shannon, Bella, Celeste, if you're out there, just, just, just come back, like, if somebody has her, just please bring her back. I need to see everybody. I need to see everybody again. This house is not complete with, without anybody here. And I'm like, Thomas, girl, martinis all around when I we know. finally are allowed to. This little part ends with Thomas saying, like, I'm a journalist. I don't, like, I have an opinion. We just report facts. But I will tell you, when my cameraman and I left, we were really fucking freaked out. Like, like it must be a, we a really weird feeling to be like, I think I was just in the presence of a man who murdered his wife and children. A hundred percent. Because he's like, he was more fidgety with the security camera footage and more uncomfortable and emotional knowing that, like, he was kind of caught than he was begging for his family to come home. Hey, are you ready to talk about Nicole Kessinger, Chris Watts' goddamn girlfriend? Thought you never asked, girl. You mean Nikki? <laughs>
<laughs> oh, I'm ready. Oh, I'm Diane ready. Diane Diamond calls her Nikki. It's like, Diane. Well, look, Nikki calls the cops with some T-E-E. I met Chris at work, and we kind of talked in passing and then started to get to know each other. We started hanging out pretty frequently around, I want to say, like, the last week of June, somewhere around there. He informed me that he did have two kids, and he also told me that he was currently in the process of a separation from his wife. Yeah, because Nikki is the Amber Fry in this moment where she's like, bitch, what? So she reads it in the paper. It's all over the news or whatever she does. She's, I don't know, comes up as an alert on her phone. Local monster is a monster, (laughs) (laughs) whatever. (laughs) And she calls and she's like, so I'm the girlfriend? Oh, (laughs) oh. And again, right, you guys, uh, we've heard this a zillion times. Chris Watts told her, yes, he had kids, but he was in the middle of a divorce. He was not. Right. And in Nikki's defense, like she's saying to them, like, I am really worried about the wife and the kids. This is all like news to me. And I never thought he was the kind of person who could do something like this. But I wonder if there's just like a whole side to him that I don't know. And Shanann is totally right. That romantic dinner. That was a dinner with Nikki. Yeah. So come on. Of course. So, you know, the Nicole Kessinger piece of this was like kind of all they needed to haul him in for like a lie detector test. And I got to just tell you that we're about to meet Tammy, like the local law enforcement. Agent Tammy Lee. I love her so much. So they bring Chris Watts in and like a fucking idiot, they offer him a polygraph test and he accepts it. He just agrees to take it. Right. Which is like bullshit on both ends because polygraphs mean nothing. Right. So it's Agent Tammy Lee. She's the Colorado Bureau investigating Agent Tammy Lee. Like, like what, what a title. Yeah. She's the local muscle. She's like not fancy pants, but she is about to kick some Chris Watts ass. And then we have an FBI agent, Graham Coder, and the two of them, I mean, Tammy's lead in this whole right. shebang, but- <laughs> Tammy and Graham, I'm totally watching that coming this fall from NBC. Look, bravo, make it. Andy, (laughs) Cohen, where are you? Make it. So, of course, he fails the polygraph, whatever. The whole point is that we get, again, with the little camera in the corner, that shitty quality footage, we get Tammy doing this thing, which you know I love this. I love it so much. And she just goes. He did not pass the polygraph test. Okay. So now we need to talk about what actually happened. The only thing way they could have left is in your truck. There's no way, because, like, I didn't just throw them in, in my truck. But they, you know your truck is GPS, yes. right? Yes. You failed the polygraph. And she looks at him, and she goes... <laughs> So now we have to talk about what actually happened. <laughs> Tammy girl. Again, let's get martinis when that's allowed. She tells him he fills the polygraph and he's like, uh-huh. Like, again, this fucking idiot did not expect to get away with this. And he's like looking at her like, now what? And then like when she says to him, we have to talk about what really happened. He doesn't say anything. I, like, though, in my brain, she goes, hey, dipshit. Uh-huh. You know, your truck has GPS on it, right? You know that thing pings every 10 seconds? Yep. So we will know exactly where you went. And then it pings every 10 seconds. She does this thing. She goes, we're going to know. And she like pounds on it. She like points on the table, like exactly where you went. So it's like, I mean, we could do this the hard way or like the hard way. Like just, just right. come on, dude. Like what, what do you think is going to happen? We got gotcha. you. Can't you just imagine Tammy like in an interrogation room with Chris Watts where she has him handcuffed to a chair and she's just beating him with her bare hands. Look. <laughs> like if she was allowed to do that good old 1950s police work. Yeah. Oh, the good old days. The good old days. I feel like Tammy would be like, this bitch isn't worth my time. 
right? Like, she's so awesome. God, Tammy. So it turns out Chris was driving this company truck, and that's why the GPS is there. Yeah. And so it's traceable. So here's what we learned. So Chris didn't go to the office. He went right from his house at 545 in the morning or whatever to a well site. Yeah, he works in the oil industry. And so, like, going out to inspect oil sites is normal. Not going into the office is not normal. And going at, like, 530 in the morning is very not normal. So Tammy's like, round them up, go out to the oil well site. And they do. Right. And you guys, it's going to start to get really bad. This is where things get real bad. Yeah. And so we're back to the interrogation room with Tammy. And Tammy's like, girl, I don't understand what's going on here. You haven't shed a tear since you've been here. You tell us that you were crying when you were talking to your wife about getting a divorce. And you have not shed one tear in two days that you've been here. Not one. These are your baby girls. And you have not shed one tear over them not being around. You're you're crying with your wife that you're leaving her. Yeah. But you don't cry that you're two little baby girls. I'm hoping they're still around somewhere. I'm hoping they're still somewhere. She like does that. It's like it's such an HBO detective move where she like slides the picture of his children over to right yep. in front of him. And, right? and she's like, but you haven't shed a tear knowing that your babies, she calls them his babies, are missing. And what we have already learned is that they go to the site, the oil well site. They start searching. Remember that missing bed sheet? Yeah. From the bedroom? They find the missing bed sheet at the oil site that he went to thanks to the GPS. Investigators descend upon the site and launch a drone search in pursuit of evidence. And what did they find in that oil field? They find the missing bed sheet, and it matches exactly with the bed sheet they found in the kitchen trash can. So, like, Tammy at this point is just humoring him. When Tammy's like, why aren't you crying? Why aren't you sad? Like, she knows. She's She's got a full house. She knows yeah. her hand. She's got a full house. <laughs> what kind of reference is that, girl? It's poker. Okay. What? <laughs> It's poker. Wow. If it's not Golden Girls Clue, I don't really know the game. I took a lot of money from a lot of boys in college playing poker. Just saying, it's a thing I can do. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So then they start to switch gears because they're like, he's denying everything. And so Tammy just goes, Chris, did Shanann do something to them? No, I don't know. Did Shanann do something to them? And then did you feel like you had to do something to Shanann? All right. Did Shanann do something to the girls? Is that what happened? Did Shanann do something and then you felt like you had to do something to Shanann to like punish her for what she did to your kids? And this is like right out of JonBenet Ramsey because he's like shaking his head no, shaking his head no. And then he like sort of stops and thinks about it for a second. He's like, you know what? That might be what happened, but I'm going to tell my dad first. Yeah, if you let me talk to my dad, I'll tell you what happened. So they're like, great. And like, just so you know, you dummy, that camera in the corner, still going to record every goddamn thing. So yeah, let's bring in the dad. Enter the dad. So the dad walks in and the dad is like, what am I doing here? And again, we're watching the actual security video footage. Like we are watching this in real time. So basically, Chris Watts gives his dad the story that she heard him. Chris eventually tells his dad that he saw Shanann hurting the girls on a baby monitor. He saw Shanann strangling the daughters on a baby monitor video, and he was so enraged that he ran into the room and had to do the same thing to her. And it's like, again, he says it without a drop of emotion. Right. It's like you can hear him making it up in the moment. And even if that's the case, he's still not crying or reacting emotionally about his daughters. Like, even right. if, let's just say that's true. Let's just say. Right. He's still not, like, losing his shit and saying, oh my god, dad, I, I can finally let this out. This is the worst 
best thing that's ever fucking happened. I, this is a nightmare, but this is what happened and I don't know what to do. He's still right. like, so um, she like choked them on the bed and I saw it and then I killed her. Yeah. And I'm like, what? So the agents come back in, right? And they don't believe a, a second of it, but now they know that he's admitted to like killing the wife and disposing of all three bodies right. so they can find out like what he did with them. So they, they show him like an aerial photograph of the oil well site. Where they found the bed sheet. Where they found the bed sheet. Exactly. And Graham is like, where are they? Where are they? Are they in the actual oil wells? And he nods his head. Where about the Shannon and the girls? Mm-hmm. Are they in the tanks? He identifies two large oil tanks. One that he had put Bella in and one that he had put Celeste in. Yeah, so what what we learn here is that according to Chris Watts, he says he put he put Bella in one of the oil tanks, he put Cece in another one, and then he buried Shanann. It's fucking horrifying. So by 11.30 p.m. on August 15th, Chris Watts is arrested, three counts of first-degree murder. He's arrested on the spot. Like, it, we see it. Right. We see it in the, the corner camera. They're just like, well, bitch, here we go. There's a part of me that almost feels like he was relieved to be arrested. You don't see him struggling. He doesn't ask for a lawyer. He never thought he was going to get away with this. I mean, he's, from the beginning, from the minute we laid eyes on him, he's just dead inside. There's a nothing in there. There's no light. There's no warmth, humanity. 100% dead inside. Yeah. So the next morning, they send a team out to this well site to recover the bodies. And he, he was right on one thing. All three of them are there. Yeah. We get this story from like the cops who were there and like they recover Shanann first because she was buried in a shallow grave. And they have to bring, you guys, this is really brutal. It's so bad. They have to bring in a team of people to recover the young girl's bodies from the two oil tanks. And like one of the cop says to us that turned out to be quite an undertaking and a lot of different folks had to to be involved in that and i don't know that any of them will ever be the same there was a lot of people that day and it took a long time and i don't think any of those people will ever be the same what a mind fuck like my god these are the everyday heroes who work in like local government and law enforcement that never get the praise no one right. ever talks about them they are goddamn heroes these people totally so at first chris is sticking to the story that he killed his wife because she killed their daughters and he gets a team of like public defenders which like these poor fucking public defenders who are just out there to like do good work and they have to then defend like pieces of shit like chris watts but one of the public defenders makes a, mo- a motion or whatever you do to the court to ask for DNA testing for the girls next. Like if they could show that Shanann's DNA maybe was on the necks of the little girls, maybe it would actually lend credence to his story that she had strangled them. But the judge just denies it. And we get this whole thing where the DA is like, he had nine counts against him and they had to decide if they were going to go for the death penalty. Ultimately, Christopher Watts was charged with uh, nine counts total, five counts of first degree murder, Count six was the unlawful termination of a pregnancy. And then count seven, eight, nine were tampering with a deceased human body. At this point, we are looking long-term down the road at a trial and a determination as to whether or not ultimately we're going to seek the death penalty under under Colorado law. And so like in a last ditch effort, Chris like makes a plea deal where he says like he'll admit to first degree murder of everybody, the wife and the two kids, if they take the death penalty off the table. And the only ray of sunshine in this whole moment is that the DA makes him fucking wait for an answer. Mm-hmm. The DA is like, we didn't give them an answer right away. We told them that we needed to go through our process and see if that was something that 
we were willing to do. We were going to go through our process. Yeah. So we're at his sentencing. He's sentenced to like a bunch of life sentences. And the judge is like, girl, I'm not giving you anything less than the maximum. That would be absurd and an insult to me and this court and, and all the victims. The thing about the sentencing, at the end of the sentencing, everyone thought Chris Watts was going to like give a statement and like give the why. Like this is what kind of what I was hoping to get out of this documentary. It was like, why did he do this? And so Chris Watts, we see it. He's offered the opportunity to talk. Would you like to make a statement? No, sir. Thank you. I wasn't surprised because at that point, what's he going to say? And even if he would have said anything, I didn't have any faith that what he would have said would have been the truth anyway. It cuts to Diane Diamond and she the goes- The sentencing was almost a letdown because he didn't speak. She goes, you guys, the sentencing was kind of a letdown. Diane, Diane. not the word you want to say, girl. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not what you should be saying. Wrong wrong choice of word. The sentencing was a letdown. And I was like, look, I take her point. Like, we all wanted to hear him say why he did it. I don't think this guy knows why he did it. Like, I think he's just a crazy monster. But just the way Diane Diamond called the sentencing a letdown. He got three life sentences plus 87 years. Diane was bored. And you know what? Maybe I'm alone here. I don't want to hear it. Fuck him. Right. I don't even give right. him an option to talk. I don't care what he has to say. Yeah. My decision has been made. My opinion has been formed. I don't I don't want to talk to him. Get I him know. out of here. I Throw him away. <laughs> For life, I for three life sentences. I don't. I don't care. I don't oh, care what he has to say. So shut yeah. up. You shut up. You shut. Chris Watson, <laughs> shut up. So yeah. So it's four months later, and we get this like bum bum bum, like a shocking revelation. Chris Watts wants to talk to what Tammy and Graham. Is that who they are? Tammy and Graham. So you guys, this is February eighteenth, twenty nineteen. This is April 29th. That's like a year and a couple months ago. That's insane. Like this just happened. This just happened. So he calls him and he's like, you know, I want to talk. I want to tell you my story. And so basically just to satisfy Diane Diamond, like <laughs> <laughs> we're hoping to get an answer as to why he did this. And I just have in big letters, Tammy is back. Tammy is, she's like, Graham, I got this. <laughs> so they're, they're doing this thing and we've seen this a hundred times, but they're trying to get him to feel comfortable, even though like he called them. So we have a thousand questions. I'm sure you do too. I hope that when we're done, you'll feel better. I hope it'll be therapeutic. Do you care if we start or do you, do you have any questions for us? Go ahead. But this is where it cuts to Diane Diamond being like, It's interesting to hear the technique of these agents. It's very casual. They're softening him up. They're making him feel comfortable enough to open up. Their approach was very interesting because they're softballing him. Like, Tammy doesn't care about the social media posts. She doesn't care how he feels no. that day. All they want is they want closure for the family. Like, a why? Why did this happen? And Diane Diamond, don't dumb it down. This is great. What they're doing is great. Like, we know that they're doing this is all an act. Exactly. And so, finally, I think it's Graham who's like... Can we talk about the hardest subject? The last thing we talked about was where the girls were. But we never really got to talk about that night what happened all right girl like this is gonna be hard but we need to talk about like what happened like the night of and so we get chris's like telling of it and he says that like you know it's this like weird rambling story but essentially it's the night that she got home from her conference she got home at like two in the morning he he says he wanted to tell her how he was feeling which was that he didn't want to be married to her anymore and she gets into bed next to him and he's like i could tell that she knew like things weren't good but then like she started touching me and we had sex and like that Excuse me? I know. You know, I felt her get in the bed. And I could kind of feel her kind of stirring around a little bit. I, I kind of just felt like something. She knew what was going on. And she started rubbing her hand on me, and we ended up having sex. But uh, 
I guess that was more like a test. Oh. I, I would have thought. Interesting. Okay. Like, that revelation comes out of nowhere. You hear Graham go, oh. Right. And then everyone's like, oh, everyone, like me, you, Diane Diamond, Tammy, Graham, we're all like, oh, okay. He didn't wake up to say hi to her. She yeah. just, like, crawled into bed and tried to go to sleep. And then they are suddenly having sex. And I'm like, this ends with you killing her? Like, I just don't understand. Yeah. And, like, the long and the short of it is he tells the story that, like, the next morning they woke up and she was, like, trying to talk to him. And he really didn't want to be with her anymore. And he told her so. And, of course, she's dead devastated and so they get into a fight and he jumps on top of her Ooh. and mm. she's like get off me and then she says to him you'll never see your kids again and that's when according to Chris Watts he just snapped and like strangled her to death and so I don't know that's what he says happened and then you guys Jillian and I have talked about this about 55,000 times today about how we were going to deal with this part of it because it's so beyond I don't know how to even have the conversation right so I'm, I'm going to help you out with this one and you're going to help me out in Tiger King we okay, made a deal 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 right? deal yeah. And it's bad. It's really fucking bad, you guys. So, yeah. he, and we're getting this story from Chris Watts. Right. So, after he strangles Shanann, according to Chris Watts, he looks over and he sees four year old Bella in the doorway, who, according to him, watched this whole horrifying thing happen. So, then it jumps to like Chris puts Shanann in the car. He gets the girls who are both still alive in the car and drives to this oil field. So, the agent, one of the agents is like, Who did you kill first? Bello or Cece. And then Chris, this asshole, starts crying and he's like, I don't really want to talk about this part, honestly. Those are my kids. It's just my baby. I just talked to them every night. Okay. Every time I see pictures of them, I don't know how this could have happened. Being a dad was the best part of my life. I took it all away. I don't want to talk about it. And I'm like, too goddamn bad. I, I don't care about your feelings or that you don't want to talk about it. Right. And he's like crying and he's like, I love being a dad, but I threw it all away. Like you goddamn did. This is super bad. I'm telling you guys right now, bad, bad, bad alert. Just do it quick. Two sentences, girl. He smothers both of his daughters with their own blanket and yeah. he puts them in the oil tanks and then he buries Shanann. And then like we learn about this as the ending credits are happening. And then it's like, and that's it. And he snapped and Okay, bye. And I'm like, ID, what? <laughs> I need time to process this because this is the most to hear it from him yeah is so unbelievably disgusting and horrifying and like maybe this is a me thing but like snapped is like I've snapped at you you've snapped at me we've snapped at our husbands that's yeah. what I see like he snapped where it's like girl I'm, I'm there God, <laughs> it's, it's happening <laughs> right I, I, I don't subscribe to the whole like he didn't really like his life so he just killed everybody in right. it. like right. <laughs> I, I don't subscribe to that I think there's something inherently bad inside him because we've seen him tell the story with dead eyes like it's not okay and I don't I'm not like no he had a bad time and he really hated the MLM and he didn't want that third kid so he killed everyone like fuck you like no just no my answer is no You guys, we did Chris Watts, family man, family murderer. Girl, that was a tough one. That was a really fucking hard one. It sucked. I appreciate that it told the story succinctly, that it wasn't six episodes of this. Like, I, I do I do appreciate yeah, that. Agreed. And it wasn't, like, too sensationalist. But, God, this sucked. I know. Well, if you guys want to laugh, head on over to the Patreon. Yeah. Uh, we're in the middle of doing the Tiger King episode by episode. It's where we do our episode stuff. So, it's like Making a Murderer, Serial, The Staircase, The Jinx, Lorena, Don't Have With Cats. You know, we mention it every week. Every time. All the stuff that you're like, have they done this series? The answer is probably either we have or it's on the list and it's yeah. all on the pates. <laughs> exactly. Right? You can also 
also get ad-free versions of these episodes, after parties, ringtones, the whole deal. Patreon.com slash true crime obsessed. The whole enchilada, if you will. The whole enchilach. Ooh, whole enchilach. <laughs> I like that. Um, Girl, what are we doing next? Oh, we are doing gringo. What? This is such a weird one. You, you guys, if you have a PC, do you ever get that pop-up that says like your McAfee, McAfee, whatever virus, antivirus thing has expired? It's this guy. Get a Mac. Get a Mac. <laughs> it's the weirdest documentary about this guy who created that and became super rich and then moved to Costa Rica and basically became a terrorist. Yeah, and they say his name a hundred different times, but we're doing the Bye Bye Birdie Kim McAfee pronunciation, yes? Zillion percent. Great. Zillion percent. Great. So you guys, stay tuned for the trailer for Gringo and then our crazy and ridiculous outtakes. TM, 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 Girl, where can they find us? They can find us at True Crime Obsess on the Twitter, truecrimeobsess.com on just the great old internet. Right. <laughs> She's I love loving her. She's been around for quite some time. She's always been a friend. <laughs> Thank you for being. And then uh, True Crime Obsessed podcast on the Instagram. You're Jillian with a G on all the things. You are Patrick Hines underscore on Instagram and yep. at Patrick Hines on the Twitter. That's me. Oh, and we love you, you guys. Thank you for hanging out, going to these dark places with us. We are obsessed with you. Yeah, we love you. We hope we hope we're making you laugh in these crazy bananas times. And uh, stay safe in there. In there. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. All right, bye. Bye. I'm John McAfee. I'm a guy that's accused of murder and police. I'm in Guatemala. The FBI is going to be looking for me if you don't call him, sir. The FBI? When John came up with antiviral software, 90% of the people weren't even aware of viruses. By 1993, McAfee controlled 67% of the desktop antivirus market. When he first came into the country, he was very friendly. He donated a considerable amount of equipment to police. If you're giving donations to the police, are there some motives behind that? He was getting paranoid. I started to see more and more security people. How many girlfriends did he have? At least five or six girls. I do have teenage girlfriends, and many at a time. He would talk about his hitmen, how he could have people hurt or killed. And he brought me two pills and a glass of orange juice. And I woke up dizzy, and he was standing over me naked. He went from zero to crazy in like two seconds. John's dogs ran on the beach, and they were really ferocious. Greg Fall had had it with those dogs. and said, I'm going to poison those dogs. Mr. Fall was found dead. He had been executed. Now he's back in the United States. It was as if it hadn't happened. He goes from running away from something to now running for president of the United States. I don't see how he can lose. I'm serious. And I see him regaining that reputation, and he's dangerous. Take a second, because I see her. Yes. Why is this happening? Remember when it happened to me, and we were in the middle of something, and I, by the end of it, I was like this. Yes. <laughs> I don't. I can't remember what it was, but I think it was an interview. Remember and, take that other minute. interview we did where it totally fell off. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. Can we take that again? My microphone just <laughs> fell onto the floor. I, I have Diane Diamond. It's fascinating to watch Chris as he looks at the video. <laughs> She's absolutely right. It, it, I can't. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I know. Outside was back in the day, there was an outside that we used to be able to go to. 